0: Good evening. We'd like to welcome you to the evening fellowship hour coming to you from the auditorium of the Altoona Bible Church. It is our prayer, will always be our prayer, that through this service that you'll be encouraged through the singing of the hymns, the special music, and of course the word of God would have an impact in your daily living. At this time, Randy Bickle is going to come and lead the the singing of hymn 341, Saved, Saved. (laughs)
1: Amen. <laughs>
2: Psalms. It says, "Make a joyful noise unto the Lord." That hymn has about the highest last notes that you can have, and I am a joyful singer, but sometimes not one that everybody would like to hear. So hopefully, you hit those high notes at home. I chose one of the the lower notes, and uh, but that's a wonderful, wonderful song. Now, we're going to sing How Firm a Foundation, number 601 in the hymn book. This is my all-time favorite hymn. I love the tune, but most of all, I love the words. The words are just so powerful. Um, A lot of them are directly from scripture. So pay attention to the words on this, my favorite, and hopefully one of your favorite hymns.
0: Amen. What a tremendous hymn. At this time, we're very pleased that Randy is going to make his way to the piano and share a special number, and it's a tremendous hymn, Come Thou Fount. I'd just like to read part of the first stanza. Come Thou Fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing Thy grace. And certainly we should praise God and sing about God's grace. So Randy Bickle, sharing a piano solo, Come Thou Found.
2: All right, come thou fount of every blessing. Maybe you were singing along with that. I think maybe I was too. All right, hymn number 717. Lord, I want to be a Christian. This is an old African American spiritual. You might even be able to uh, sing most of it without even looking at the words. Page 717. (laughs) 2 says, Lord, I want to be more loving in my heart. With the way the world is today, they're very simple words, but words which we can all literally take to heart. Um, We want to be more holy. We want to be like Jesus. In my heart, in my heart. Uh, If we would all um, keep this attitude in mind, we'll make it through whatever comes our way. Now, we are going to sing, His name is wonderful. The words are on your screen. And uh, you can, uh, why don't you stand up at home and give yourself a stretch while you sing this song. Bow down and adore him. In Revelation, it says the whole creation will bow down someday. And uh, you know, it's always my pleasure to do this, to come here um, and participate in this program. And we're certainly thankful for our pastor and the hard work that he does. But uh, I want to thank his wife Nancy McClellan for always be here and playing for us, and Alan Johnson up in the radio room. And he he's here faithfully, making sure that God's word is presented um, through the media, and uh, it's our pleasure to be here. Another one of my favorites, Whiter Than Snow, page 310. Did they pick this because it was in the 90s for the last two weeks? Um, I don't know. The older I get, I kind of like the 90s. I said, you don't have to shovel heat. So um, Whiter Than Snow, but I do love this song, too. I love so many, it's hard to pick. Three hundred ten.
0: And we want to thank uh, you for willing to come, lead singing, and also provide uh, the special music. I'd like to read some scripture. Scripture reading is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you should walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. At this time, Randy's going to provide another piano solo, and it's entitled Almost Persuaded. (laughs) Amen, Randy. Thank you uh, for that beautiful number. If you turn with me in your Bibles and go back to Ephesians chapter number 4, the scripture reading. Again, what we've been looking and what we've been studying are the believers' spiritual blessings that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, I remind you, I'd just like to read and quote that verse of scripture for you. Ephesians 1.3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. It doesn't say he might bless us or he'll bless us if there's no if there. And so what we've been doing these last, that's kind of like an umbrella. And under that umbrella, you see all these spiritual blessings. It's the the pinnacle. And then we've tried to expound and expand and enumerate some of what these spiritual blessings are. Well, we read in the scripture reading, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 6, and literally as we read that, and it's the unity of the faith, and there's one spirit, there's one Lord, there's one God and Father, and again, we understand the word Trinity does not appear in the Bible, but the doctrine of the Trinity one God eternally existing in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who's clearly taught in the Word of God. And so what we want to look at this evening is God the Holy Spirit indwells all believers, God the Son indwells all believers, and God the Father indwells all believers. And so truly, when we become a believer, and how we become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ? By faith. Ephesians 2.8.9, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. The moment we believe, we're taken out of in Adam, and we're identified, the Holy Spirit baptizes us. That's, ba- that's the one baptism, in Ephesians 4. That's what Romans 6:3 is all about. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, Colossians 2, Galatians chapter 3. And we're identified, we're baptized into the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And literally, at that moment, we receive these blessings. And literally, we are indwelt by the whole Godhead. And so here in Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 3 says, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one Lord, or excuse me, there is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, God the Holy Spirit. And so God, God, the Holy Spirit, indwells all believers, all believers at the, at the moment of our salvation. Think about that. We, we don't get them later. We're not going to get more of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to get more of us. But the Holy Spirit of God indwells all believers absolutely at the moment of salvation. And what we need to understand, what, what a contrast If you contrast this to the Old Testament, you see, the Old Testament, those believers, that they all didn't have and receive the Holy Spirit of God. They were not the rule. They, They were absolutely the exception of the day. So during the Old Testament, not all believers had the indwelling Holy Spirit. They were not the rule. See, today, the moment you receive Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells you. And if you do not have the, the unsaved do not have the Holy Spirit. So as a believer, if we did not have the Holy Spirit, we're none of his. We wouldn't be a believer. So we today, everyone, when they trust the Lord Jesus Christ, their Savior, and God gave them the Holy Spirit for specific reasons. And if you look back here in Exodus chapter number uh, 31, Exodus chapter 31, and you begin reading here in verse number one and down through verse number four, God gave them the Holy Spirit for specific reasons for a specific ministry. And when you think of this tabernacle in the wilderness that God had given the plans to Moses, Exodus chapter 25, build me a sanctuary that I may dwell among men. When we talk upon and expand and look at God the Father, God the Son, God the, Holy, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Godhead is indwelling us. Think about that verse I just referred to, Exodus 25. Moses, you make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among. God's not just dwelling among us, he's in us. And so God gave the Holy Spirit for specific ministry. As you read here, beginning in Exodus 31, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I've called by by name, Pelzahia. The son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. Why? And I filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and the knowledge and in all manner of workmanship to devise cunning works to work in gold and in silver and in brass, in the cutting of stones to set them in the carving of the timber to work in all manner of workmanship. Why, why did God give the Holy Spirit to this individual? Not all had the Holy Spirit. So, that, so, when the tabernacle is going to be built, these individuals had those special skills because think about think the tabernacle in the wilderness later to become the temple. And, and you understand and, and think about this in, in the tabernacle. And again, go back to Exodus 25. God gave the blueprints to Moses. Make me a sanctuary that I may dwell amongst men. And where does God begin? If if we were to describe a building, if you were to describe your home, if you were to describe the Altoona Bible Church, normally you're going to begin on the outside. You're going to say, well, this is where the church is located. On Union Avenue, the address is 3017, right by 31st Street, and this is what it looks like, and then work your way in. You see, where does God begin? See, man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. Where does God begin? He began giving Moses the information, what? Of the Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenant, the, the two cherubims looking down, the mercy seat, and then worked his way out. So these men, these individuals, were given the Holy Spirit of God, specifically go back and read that verse of Scripture in Exodus 31 to carry out this specific ministry to build this tabernacle with the delicate work in the, in the furniture, That's why. And again, they were not the rule of the day. It's not like everyone, they were were absolutely the exception of the day. And today, in the dispensation of God's grace, we're just going to mention this, but there's a threefold aspect of the temple of God, threefold aspect that we see of God the Holy Spirit. And God the Holy Spirit has specific ministries to the church, the body of Christ. We're going to expand on that, uh, Lord willing, in, in the future. But what we see here is, first of all, our body, if you go back to 1 Corinthians, we'll just put them all on the screen, 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, beginning here in verse number 19. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. The universal church, and we could read that verse of Scripture over in Ephesians. See, the universal church is made up of all believers throughout the whole world. So we send forth missionaries. We have missionaries down in Bonaire, Curaçao, down in Nicaragua, down in Costa Rica, Bolivia, Africa, Tanzania, scattered throughout the world. And when those individuals believe and trust the Lord Jesus Christ, their personal Savior, they're part of the church, the body of Christ. That's the universal church. Not just one local assembly. It's the universal church. That's Ephesians chapter number two, then 1 Corinthians 6, 19, that our body. We'll read the verse of scripture. What knowing not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Which is where? In you. Which you have of God. God gave him as a gift to us. We're indwelt by God the Holy Spirit. We didn't do something to receive the Holy Spirit. It's by faith alone that we're saved. And that God gives us the Holy Spirit, which you have of God and not your own. For you are bought with a price, the price of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, conclusion, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are really God's. And I believe over in 1 Corinthians three sixteen, some might believe that that's the individual body as well. But he doesn't say the body there. And I believe he was talking about the local church at, at Corinth. Go back with me to Ephesians chapter number two and turn back there. I'd just like to read that portion of scripture to show you God's word here in Ephesians chapter two, verse number 21, and see, the universal church. Verse, nine, uh, verse 21 says, "'In whom all the buildings fitly framed together "'groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord.'" in whom you were also built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. We are a habitation of God through the Spirit. That's the universal church. That's made up of all true believers. The local church is a temple of God. And then individually, we know that our bodies are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. And then we speak of God the Son. If you go back with me to Ephesians chapter number four, God the Son and God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, indwells all believers in the dispensation of grace. And again, this is understood at the moment of salvation. And what you have to contrast, just think about this. He's the eternal God, God the Son. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, that at a point in time... The word was made flesh, John 1:14, and dwelt among men. Now I'd like to read over in 1 John chapter number one, so that we're talking about during the earthly ministry of Christ. We're gonna get, get back to the fact of, of, and the thought of that we're indwelt by the one Lord. And he's not talking about the earthly ministry of Christ, the earthly Lord Jesus. We're talking about the, the glorified and risen Lord Jesus Christ. Look over at 1 John chapter number one. And in 1 John chapter number 1, you have First, Second Peter, 1, Second, and uh, 3 John, Jude, Revelation. 1 John chapter 1, beginning here in verse number 1. Because during the earthly ministry of Christ, his, his disciples, they saw him. They, they heard him. They, they looked upon him. 1 John 1, 1. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For life was manifest, we have seen it, bear witness and show unto you the eternal life, which was with the Father was manifested unto us. But you understand, this is during the earthly ministry. And Christ was what? He was among them. The point is he was among them. That's what it's getting at. He was among them. So we've t- we saw him. We heard him. We looked upon him. Our, our, handles have, our hands have handled the word of life, the word of truth. Lord Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through him. Look over with me to Colossians chapter number 1. And here in Colossians chapter 1, look, look down here at verse number 25 and 26 and then 27. Colossians chapter 1. So this is during the earthly, this is during the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. During the dispensation of God's grace, the dispensation that we're living in today, you, you can't apply 1 John 1 to it because we, we don't look upon him. He's, he's not walking among us. We, we know His truth, we, we know that he is God-manifested in human flesh, the true God-man, true God and true man. He lived an absolutely perfect life. There was no sin, there was no guile found in him. He was an ultimate sacrifice. He died for the sins of the whole world. He died for your sins, he died for my sins. The writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ shed his blood. He died for us. And it's not atonement. It's not a sin covering. In the Old Testament, the blood of the bulls and goats never took away sin. It only covered sin. Today we have, and we talked about this, Ephesians 1.7, Colossians 1.14. We have the absolute forgiveness of all of our sins according to the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The riches of God's grace. Well. Follow along with me in your Bibles as I read Colossians chapter 1, verse 25 down through verse number 27. Whereof I made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. And that word fulfill means to complete. And let me ask you a question. What completes the word of God? And I can almost hear someone saying, well, the last book has to be the book of Revelation, so it's the book of Revelation that completes the word of God. No, 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 that's incorrect. The book of Revelation is God's word. John saw everything, and what God God allowed John to see dealing with the 70th week of Daniel, the day of the Lord, the Lord's day, he was told to write it down in the book. But that didn't complete the word of God. What completed the word of God was what? The revelation of the mystery given through the apostle Paul. That's what Colossians 1.25 is talking about. I was, I was made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Because this mystery was kept secret, now revealed. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages, from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. It was not made known. And, and the mystery is not the salvation of Gentiles. That's talked about in the Old Testament. We don't have time to show you some of those verses of Scripture in the Old Testament. The mystery is Jew and Gentile joint heirs in a a body. The church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, the middle wall partition has been destroyed. It's been broken down. And now it's, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now listen to the next verse of Scripture. To whom God would make known what is the riches? Listen, the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ. Where? In you. In you, the hope of glory, not not among us, not where we just look upon Him or handle the Word of Life. We know it's true because God's Word tells us. But Christ in you. What does that mean? That, that means that we're indwelt by the full Godhead at salvation. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about God the Son. And if you go back with me to Ephesians chapter number 2, or Ephesians chapter number 4 rather, and what we see here, there are seven unities of the faith. And again, we, we don't manufacture these unities you understand? So, so that one baptism, people want to make that to be water. If that's water, water saves. No, no, notice what it says in verse 3. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Not, not produce it, but to keep it. And that baptism there is what? It's, it's 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen For by one Spirit are we all baptized into a body. It's Romans 6, 3, and 4. There's no water there, as we said. Well, if you line up and list the seven unities of faith, one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father. There are seven. You count down, three, one, three. Look what's in the middle. The Lord Jesus Christ is the very center of the unities of the faith. And that, I th- think and believe, that speaks absolutely, speaks volumes. There is one Lord, and he's at, at the center of it. Because all praise and glory goes to the Lord Jesus Christ. God the Father had a plan. God the Son is the one who carries out that plan. And God the Holy Spirit becomes the seal of that plan and if you go back in fact real quickly just to ephesians 1 i think we pointed this out recently but i just want to remind you as we read and quoted ephesians 1 3 you know blessed be the god praise god for who he is because look look what he has done for us well verses 3 4 and 5 speak about god the father then when you come down to verse 6, is to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein, and we talked about that, he hath made us accept in the blood, but he's already ex- he has graced us in Christ. That's God the Father, praise to the glory of God the Father. Then beginning in verse 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood. God the, God the Father didn't die. God, God the Holy Spirit didn't die. It was, it was God the Son who died. Acts chapter 20, he bought us with his blood. He's willing. He's obedient to death, even the death of the cross. So beginning in verse 7, it's God the Son. And then you come down to verse number 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. And then verse 13 is going to be talking about God, the Holy Spirit. Lord willing, next week we're going to talk about the fact that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit, that he's the earnest of our inheritance, and verse 14 ends up with what? Under the praise of his glory. It's praise the glory of God the Father, praise the glory of God the Son, praise the glory of God the Holy Spirit. God had a plan, the Lord Jesus Christ died for that plan, and the Holy Spirit becomes the seal of that plan. Well, if you go back to Ephesians chapter four, and in verse number six, now we come to God the Father. And in verse six, it says, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all and in you all. And of course, there are individuals who will talk about the fatherhood of God, and you know, it doesn't matter what you believe, because we're all gonna get to heaven anyway, because it doesn't matter. Well, it absolutely matters what you believe. There is only one way of salvation. It's not you try your way and I try my way and someone else does their way and it doesn't matter because we're all going to make it. As I quoted earlier John 14, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't just point the way, he is the way. So when we, why, do you, why do I say that? Because we read verse number 6 and it talks about and uses the word all here. This is not a reference to all mankind, folks. This is all is a reference who I believe, to the church, the body of Christ, to believers in the dispensation of God's grace. There's one God and Father of all who is is above all. Praise and glory to God. He is above all. And he is in all, and he is through all. And just make a comparison again. Go back to the Old Testament will refer to this, they stood afar off. They stood afar off. And if you think upon this for a moment, you had the tabernacle in the wilderness, you had the, later the temple you, in Jerusalem, you had the priest and the high priest. Only the, only the priest could go into the Holy of Holies. And not but once a year on the Day of Atonement. You can see this. Read this in Leviticus 16, Leviticus 23. And the priest could go into the holy place and there was only three pieces of furniture there and there there wasn't a chair. There there wasn't a bench to sit down. They stood. There there was no windows. There were golden candlesticks. Why? Because Christ is the light of the world. But, But if you were not of the priest... And the priest came through the tribe of Levi. And remember, go back and read Exodus chapter number 19, verses 5 and 6. They were to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, but they had a conditional word. If, in fact, let's just go back there and read this. Because there's a couple other verses of Scripture that I would like to show you and read. And what you find out when you read these verses of Scripture is what? They, they stood afar off. We we know there was that cloud by day and the polar fire by night. You had the Shekinah glory of God. High priest go in the holy of holies. He had to come with what? He had to come with blood. The the priests were in the holy place and there was the, the veil that separated them. What about the... Individuals who were not priests, they stood afar far off. What I want you to see is God is in us. You see, there's a difference between what God was doing in the Old Testament times and what God is doing today in the dispensation of God's grace. And when you read this verse of Scripture in Exodus chapter number 19. In Exodus chapter number 19, verse 5. Now, therefore, if you obey my voice indeed... And keep my covenant. Can we just again, can I make a contrast? I'd encourage you to go back and read Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. Do you see the word that's not there, that's here in Exodus 19? It's the word if. What if Ephesians 1.3 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bless you if you pray two hours every day, or if you do this, or if you go to church, and you don't do, you don't do those things, you don't get those blessings. That's not what Ephesians 1.3 says. Let's be very clear. Exodus says it. Exodus says, Now therefore, if you obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests in the holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak to the children of Israel. And and what happened? Why did God go through one tribe? Jacob has 12 sons. Why did he go through the tribe of Levi? Because Israel didn't obey God and keep God's covenant. So they were not going to be a kingdom of priests. He was going to go through one line. And yet we know we could take you over to Revelation chapter 20. In the kingdom, they're going to be a kingdom of priests. But I just want you to just pause for a moment. Pause for a moment and think upon the fact what Ephesians 1.3, compare Ephesians 1.3 on your own in Exodus 19.5 and 6. You see, when you understand the difference and that there's no if there, see, that should cause you not to abuse God's grace, but that should cause you to do what? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And look what he did for me, and look how he has blessed me. I need to live and serve him, serve him so we're talking about the fact that in Ephesians one God the Father above all in all and through all and if we keep sharing some verses of scripture here you will see Israel stood afar off and yet today Every member of the church, the body of Christ, is literally indwelt by the Godhead. Exodus 19, verse 16, verse 7. 16 and verse 17. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunder and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount, and the voice of the trumpet exceeding great, so all the people that were in the, tremble, or in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet God, and they stood at the neither part of the mountain. They stood there. And then you're going to keep reading in verse number 18, and Mount Sinai was altogether in smoke because the Lord descended upon it, and the smoke thereof ascended, the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And Israel stood there. They stood afar off in Exodus chapter 20, verse number 18. Verse 18 and down through verse uh, number 21. The, uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse number 18. And all the people saw the thundering and lightning and the noise of the uh, trumpet of the mountain smoking. And when people saw it, they removed and they stood what? Afar off. They stood afar off. Verse 21. And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew under the thick Darkness where God was. What did they do? They stood afar off. We don't stand afar off today. We've been brought nigh by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is not just among us. He is in us. So we are literally, literally indwelt by the whole member of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Another blessing to have. We we have access to God. Go back with me to Ephesians chapter number three. Ephesians chapter number three. Well, you could go back to Ephesians chapter two, verse 18, and Ephesians chapter three, verse number 12. Ephesians chapter two, verse number 18. And again, here here is the issue. Jew and Gentile joint heirs in one body, Verse 14, for he is our peace, who hath made both one, hath broken down the middle wall partition between us. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments, contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, that he might reconcile both, both heirs, Jew and Gentile, in one body. Notice, by the, see this is why it's so important to read every word. As you read the Bible, it's on speed reading. Think about these things. Study them. Write down questions you might have. It's not at the cross. It's by the cross. It's by means of the cross. Why? Because the church and body of Christ did not start at the cross. The church and body of Christ did not start, though many people believe, on the day of Pentecost. It was later through the Apostle Paul. It was by the cross. Having slain the enmity Thereby. And came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Positionally, we were afar off. But when we trust the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, we're taken out of that in Adam position, we're placed into Christ, and we're dwelt by God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, we have have access, for through him, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Over in Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 12. Verse 11 says, According to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. And look at the English, this is the English definition. Coming from an English dictionary, Noah Webster's Dictionary Definition of 1828, the word access, a coming to, near, approach, admittance, admission, approach, or the way by which a thing may be approached. This is God the Father, and we have access to him at any time. We who were far off positionally we who were without christ we we who were on the other side of that middle wall partition we were gentiles we had no hope we we were hopeless we were strangers from the commonwealth of israel and the covenants of israel and god made a way through the death of lord jesus christ and today in the dispensation of grace god is using grace and god we're blessed with god's grace and it's all about god's grace we're saved by god's grace and then we know we live by god's grace These are spiritual blessings that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior? I said, we we understand the frailty of human life today. James tells us that our life is but a vapor. It's here in God. Do you know the Lord? Do Do you know where your death will take you? You need to think upon those things. You need to think upon that question You need to realize the Lord Jesus Christ came into this world and he died on the cross, that through his death, through his burial and resurrection, you can have eternal life by simple faith. Not by water baptism, not by good works, not by being religious. And some would say, well, that's just that grace is wrong. No grace, grace teaches us then how we ought to live. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, it's not of works. Lest any man should boast. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior? If you've never trusted him, if you've never trusted him, you need to trust him right now, right where you're at, before it's eternally too late. And if you have any questions about this, you can contact me here at the Altoona Bible Church. I would love to share with you God's word and God's way of salvation today. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shall be saved. Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Won't you trust him? And those who have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ and who are saved, you realize then, God's grace should be teaching you. When you understand what your position is in Christ, how you're blessed, you then should be living for him and serving him. We wanna thank you for watching and listening this evening. May God bless you. May God continue to bless the United States of America.